The following Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by donations from listeners like you. What follows next is part two of our live over the net review of Doctor Who Planet of the Dead, the most recent 2009 special. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to part one, it's in Doctor Who Podshock 146. So now we'll pick up where we left off at the end of Doctor Who Podshock 146 with our continuation of our live review show of Doctor Who Planet of the Dead. And we need to apply ourselves to the problem with discipline, which starts with appointing a leader. Yes, alas, thank you. So. Well, thank goodness you've got me. That thing, the, the doorway, someone made it for a reason. Something is coming, riding on the wind and shining. What is it? Death. Death is coming. Perimeter the guard, stand ready. Stay alert. Any hostile activity, shoot to kill. Wait a minute. You're the man with all the answers. I'm not letting you out of my sight. Let's just say we're two equal mysteries. We make quite a couple. We don't make any sort of couple, thank you very much. Lady Christina D'Souza. Oh, that's handy, because I'm a lord. Seriously? A lord of where? It's quite a big estate. That's a sandstorm. We'll get ripped to shreds. It's a storm. Who says it's sand? Closer and closer and closer. You're hardly going to get a signal. We're on another planet. Oh, just watch me. Six, not six, seven. Listen, it's the doctor. This is Captain Arisa Magambo. Might I say, sir, it's an honor. Did you just salute? No. Arisa, it's about the bus. HQ said you're at the tunnel, yeah? And where are you? I'm on the bus, but apart from that, not a clue. Except it's very pretty and pretty dangerous. A body came through here. Have you sustained any more fatalities? No, and we're not going to, but I'm stuck. I haven't got the TARDIS and I need to analyze that wormhole. We have a scientific advisor on site, Dr. Malcolm Taylor. Hello, Doctor. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I am. Hello, Malcolm. <laughs> the Doctor! God, blimey! I can't believe I'm actually speaking to you. I mean, I've read all the files. Really? What was your favorite, the giant robot? No, no, hold on, let's sort out that wormhole. On speakerphone, please. I don't want anyone keeping secrets. Coming to you live from a secure location underneath laser beams in an international gallery in London, it's Doctor Who Podshock. Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, well, let's do it now. I <laughs> You know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, over 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah. What blew that? I'm the Doctor. And who are you? And who are you? Who are you? Go to uh, next one up and... Uh, Romana, is... too, won't... She won't keep any secrets. Romana, too. Hello, Sam. Hello, boys. 
Anything. How are you? Long time no chat. Yeah, long time no chat. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's good to be here. Um, so glad you played that last clip there because, um, yeah, it kind of got me in the, the Malcolm fangirling mood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved Malcolm. Um, well, yeah, um, what can I say? I love this story. Um, it did what it said on the tin pretty much. It was fun and it was a good romp basically and um, that's what I viewed it as and, and I didn't really have much problems with it but I did was a little bit picky um, with some of it but I'll go into that later. But yeah, no, I did love the um, the visual imagery and the cinematography in this. I loved them in Dubai. I thought that looked stunning. Really wish I could have seen this in HD but um, alas. Um, there was lots of lovely bits of dialogue and banter between the characters. Lots of lots of um, fantastic lines and moments, and and I could quote them all. But it's like you know, nine and five in the morning. My memory's a bit fuzzy, but um, it's it's it was great. Um, yeah, I just love I love seeing Unit. I love Unit. Um, what could I say? Um, love Malcolm. <laughs> Um, I've become a big fan of Malcolm already. Um, just don't know why he's just so he's such a fanboy. <laughs> and that interests me. <laughs> I've already as 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 we speak, I've got on my, my desktop wallpaper is some Malcolm fan art that I got off DeviantArt. <laughs> of just like Chibi Doctor and Chibi Ten, like all cartoonified and it's really cute. So yeah, I'm a Malcolm fan. I loved him a lot. Um I was, it amused me highly how he how his measuring system and the way he used to he danced about and how 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 much he loved the doctor. It was so cute. But um but yes, um I liked in this how there was no technically um there was no evil kind of malevolent um force with the aliens in this. It was just the flies weren't um evil and um the stingrays were just um just the force just effect, their nature. Really. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like what the Vashti Narada should have been, but um, you know, just kind of like a force of nature. You can't stop them; you just got to run away. Um, but yeah, so I like that kind of touch to it. Um, I'm going to defend the flying bus here. Um, oh no! I must, I must admit, when the, I saw the bus start to hover, the first thing that popped into my mind wasn't any of the things you thought. I thought of you, Lewis, and I thought Lewis is going to hate this, isn't he? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of in my head. It was kind of amusing. Um, but, yeah, it also reminded me later on a second viewing of an episode of Invader Zim where a school bus flies through a wormhole. Um, kind of amusing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, Michelle Ryan was great. I enjoyed watching her um, and her crazy bag of convenience, which kind of, um, um, yeah, amuses me. Well, how she had everything in her bag that seemed a little bit of a stretch, but... Again, she was a thief. She would need a spade, an axe, a hammer, a, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was understandable. But um, I agree with... That Dr. bag would be really heavy, though. <laughs> it, maybe it's bigger on the inside. and it's like, like, It, it it's must like, be. It's like, it's like <laughs> in role-playing games where, like, you could carry all this stuff, but it's, like, you know, small and weighs nothing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all of this seemed a little bit too convenient, like the the thing at the bottom of the the tunnel and the the intercoms being perfectly shaped for human ears on a fly ship. And but again, I can forgive that because it was enjoyable and I had fun watching it. So I try not to think about these things too much. Um, and that's 
pretty much all I have to say, except for one little kind of um, obscure um, connection I felt with this was the Christina and the police relationship and um, Detective um, D.I. McMillan, I think his name was, the, the, the main police guy mm-hmm. um, running around trying to find Christina. It reminded me a lot of um, an anime series called Lupin, and um, which is basically like a thief and the police, you know, there's a thief going around the world kind of stealing things and there's the police always trying to catch him. And it reminded me of that and it highly amused me. Um, McMillan highly, um, it, he reminded me so much of Inspector Zenigata, if anybody knows that series, um, which maybe just means Tiggs most likely know that. But yeah, um, that's Is it uh, an Australian um, um, it's or, Japanese of anime. origin? Japanese uh, anime. Yeah. It's anime? Anime, but yeah. Japanese animation. Japanese, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I highly enjoyed this. Um, I'd give it a four out of five, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got its um, issues, but at the same time, I had fun watching it. Um, um, sad this is going to be the last time or chance for the Doctor to have fun um, because I do enjoy watching um, the Tenth Doctor happy and bouncing about and um, so this is the last time I get to see that, so it's a little sad, but at the same time, I'm looking forward to what's coming. And, um, and yeah, I'll just um, say right now, happy birthday, David, for yesterday. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, hope he got a cake while he was filming. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure they presented they him with up. a cake. <laughs> it's funny that, that, uh, that Sam brought up the, the, the police. They were probably some of the most incompetent police uh, in the history of of uh, British law enforcement, because they couldn't catch a bus that was going 20 miles an hour, and when it was hovering two feet off the ground, they couldn't get on that either. That's why it reminded me of Zenigata, because he's kind of bumbling and just doesn't get, <laughs> he never gets things right. It's just that's it. Just that's what amused me highly. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you again, Romana, too. No worries. Okay. Later, well. boys. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Next up is uh, Robert. Are you there? Yeah. Hi, Lewis. Hi, Ken. How's everybody doing? Right, today? Welcome back to the show. Hello. Oh, thank you. Hey, Robert I'm, has I'm his own podcast that he he does here on TalkShoe as well. Yep. It's um, Doctor Who review today. So if I want to come and check it out on iTunes, also on um, TalkShoe. So. Thank you for the plug there, guys. I appreciate that. And, Ken, I want to thank you for um, plugging Marcon. Um, since I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and I used to be on the Marcon committee for about five or six years. I'm not on there anymore. I, well, I do appreciate year, you uh, mentioning it. Yeah, no problem. This year you guys have a uh, – I know on the website you had the, the, the Union Jack as the background. You're doing like a British theme. I don't know if that's something you always do, but it happened to catch my attention, and I know they, they were working on um, possibly having – um, a British guest. I don't think that happened. I did receive an email from some of the organizers saying that it didn't look like it was going to happen. I think you have mostly authors this year, but yeah, um, no problem. I I was uh, keeping my fingers crossed that you guys were going to get some uh, some guests, but a worthwhile convention just the same. And your Reds are losing uh, one nothing right now. I know it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> okay, go uh, ahead. someday, someday. Tell us about your. Uh, your take on uh, Planet of the Dead? Well, you know, I um, decided to come in with the 
idea that, you know, like you, Ken, you've mentioned in times and, you know, that, you know, shows, you know, the episodes of Doctor Who, you should really enjoy it just for what it is. And, and you know, and Planet of the Dead is pretty much, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was a good romp, you know, with the Doctor. And, and really, I don't have too much to pick about, you know, pick it apart about. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, sitting in the desert, Lawrence, Arabia, or um, we have the Mission Impossible situation where Michelle Ryan has to go down in the belly of one of the ships that crashed on a planet, um, remnants of um, brain of Morbius um, from Tom Baker era, and having to pick the certain item up to uh, make um, Lewis. Now, we're going to call this Lewis's magic bus, because I did think of you too, Lewis, when I saw it. So. <laughs> I'm not sure if I, how I feel about that, you know. To me, it, it harkens back to, like, uh, <laughs> I remember watching that, uh, first time watching um, Delta and the Bannerman, I said, oh, Doctor Who has jumped the shark. <laughs> so, it wasn't pleasant memories. Well, you know, he uh, figured um, RTD was going to stick that in there eventually because, you know, he has sticked in some of the um, classic because, of course, you know, um, Russell's a fan just like us. Well, and, let's just hope we don't see any Candymen before, um, you know, before <laughs> Matt Smith takes over. Yeah. Well, you know, a certain person may be coming back as in um, survival in the classics, so who knows? Could be a possibility. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Are you knocking but, four times, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not Ming the Merciless coming back, I I can be happy and okay with that. So. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, I think the um, the episode was pretty good. Um, I kind of thought of it more of an average. I I didn't have anything you know that great you know, feeling about that course. I'm like you guys, you know, I'm the old classic, you know, Doctor Who fan. And and I do enjoy David Tennant. And I think we're kind of pushing Tennant out rather quickly. I mean, you know, he's still got, you know, three more um, specials to go. And, you know, I, I, you know I'm looking forward to Muffin. I'm looking forward to Matt Smith. But still, we got to remember, he is the Doctor still. And um, RTD is, is still in charge until, you know, until he's gone. And, you know, we need to give him his due. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here talking about Doctor Who today. So, you know, my hat's off to him. Um, Absolutely. I think it was interesting. And I did catch some of the um, early graphics of the opening that um, Garth wasn't originally credited when they came out with the new credits, they added Garth to that, which I think was very, which was pretty good. And it makes me wonder how much of it is his and how much of it is Russell. Was it kind of an even split on the story, or, or did Russell have the majority of the right? What do you guys think? Well, I, I heard that they uh, they actually they wrote it together. That but that was. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I have no clue how it was balanced as far as um, you know, if it was who you know, who came up with what, or if it was um just um the you know if it was a story by Russell T Davies fleshed out by the other, I don't know. I well, one thing I did notice that um, we have an instance like in the Doctor's Daughter where uh, Martha had the one-way communications um, 
with the hop, and um, we seem to have the same with kind of the um, fly aliens here. Uh, my theory is on it that, of course, Doctor has a cell phone and is able to um, contact Unit, as Rose was able to contact her mom on a on a different, you know, Earth millions of years away. So I think because of the um, wormhole was still connected um, that the um, tra- you know the universal translator you would call it was still working except for um, Russell did the same thing like with the doctor's daughter and has this here you know the doctor's conversation and and not what the um, the creatures were saying which was kind of kind of nice to have something you know that different again um, also, with the um, um, the unit now, is she a brigadier as the brigadier was, or is she a lower rank? Yeah, I'm not sure about her exact title. Yeah, captain. I think it seems people, people are saying in the chat room, captain. Captain. Yeah, she kind of seemed to have something, you know, out for the doctor. To be honest about it, and that's kind of the approach that I got that. You know, not so much. Well, we're going to sacrifice the doctor and everybody to save well, the planet. I don't know about that. She she saluted him without even you know, and it, she didn't have to. I mean, she, he couldn't see it, so I don't I don't I think she sincerely respected the doctor and um and his past work, but uh he she just um you know over you know the safety Earth kind of took precedence over her feelings towards him. Well, yeah, maybe, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm I just kind of uncertain about that situation, but you know, what can I say about Malcolm? I mean, Malcolm's the fan. I mean, he's us. He, you know, going over to the doctor, it's you, it's the doc, doctor. Oh, you know, excited about it. It's just the way we get about doctor who when we watch it, you know, the excitement of, of it all. And yeah, no, I, think I, I thought fun. he was, you know, he did very good. I just thought he just went just a, a, a hair over the top a bit, you know, and I, I think if he pulled back a little bit more, it, it, it just would have been a little bit, a little bit more believable, you know, where he had that professional uh, professionalism about him that, that stayed, you know, that, that kept, you know, kept him um, grounded. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't too yeah. bad. It, it wasn't, you know, it didn't really destroy the story or, for me it just was i just felt he was just a little bit over the top yeah well i mean this is like the third time i watched this and and while i was um waiting to, to come on earlier i uh like i said i was watching it for a third time and like you say ken you know, it's a rewatch value that counts and i mean this is um one i would rewatch um boy to the dam was one that i eh, wouldn't rewatch that much and and fear her and um Little Monsters, one, you know, to your favorite there, Lewis, is one that I could set aside and probably be a long time before I watch those. But, um, yeah, I haven't seen those um, since the initial viewings. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, all in all, you know, like I said, I'm not going to pick this apart. It, it's a, it was a, for what it was, it was a great story, um, and it was an average. I mean, you know, I, well, I felt so far. What we're seeing here in our live yeah. show is um, similar to, it matches what we're seeing on our, our poll on our website, the thecalifernimacy.org or podshock.net. We have a poll for this episode, and uh, the last time I checked it was um, 
four Tardis Groans was getting the most votes and three trailing behind it. So it seems um, pretty much um, reflective of what we're hearing so far in this live show. Which is, yeah, yeah. it's interesting, but uh, but accurate, apparently. So. Mm. I, yeah, I, I would give it a three out of five. That's what I... I uh, thought it would have come in a little, a little bit lower, but but I'm but I'm glad that everybody's just like look, everybody's sort of getting the fact that it's meant to be something light and something as a holdover till we get to the end of the year. Hey Brian, I'm I'm a little thick and I'm from thickety thick 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 stuff. Are you related to Gina from DWNY? To me? Yes. No. Oh, okay. Nope. <laughs> and it's my mistake. <laughs> no. As I said, it's a bit on the thick side, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I tonight, so you know you're not the only one that has to work the shifter. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get your Tardis groans? Yeah, I give it um, three out of five. I, I okay. thought it was an average uh, story. I'm looking forward to the uh, Water of Mars. Um, of course, it kind of sneakily has a little bit of the Abyss feel to it if you know what mm. I'm talking about. So um, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But I do thank you guys for having me on because I know you got tons of people. I mean, any other thoughts I may have, I'll may take it over to C- CIA. And, and I'll give That's right. Uh, I know Dave's in the queue, too. I, I, um, I was going to wait for him to come up before we plug CIA, but CIA is um, having a podcast, another live show, right after this one. So um, if anyone wants to... Um, hang about and, and continue the conversation, I'm sure CIA will ob- oblige. Well, thank you so yeah, much, Robert. What, oh, thank you, Lewis and Ken and everybody in the queue. I mean, great having Doctor Who on. And uh, let's just enjoy it. I mean, you know, let's enjoy um, the series right now and look forward to the future when it comes. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Cheers. All right, next up is none other than Tiggs Panther. Hello, Tiggs, and welcome back to the show. Hi, Lewis. How's oh, it my. That's a l- Do you have R2-D2 there with you? Oh, dear. Does my um, audio not sound very good? It's robotic. I mean, you sound fine, but there just seems to be some sort of a robotic static going on there. It sounds a, a bit futuristic. Um, I'm using Gizmo Projects. It's the first time it's ever worked, so um, maybe that's something to do with it. But everything else is sounding clear, which usually doesn't happen with Gizmo, so... <laughs> it it is, seems is, to is be okay really while you're talking. It's just when you're not talking, or I should say when I'm talking, it seems to be hyperactive. I'll be quiet. I'll let you talk, Tiggs. If it gets bad, let me know and I'll dial in on Skype or something. Um, but yeah, I found it was a really fun episode. It wasn't groundbreaking, but it was, you know, it was certainly fun. I had a good time um, watching it, and I think it was Darth who said it does feel like it has a lot of rewatch value, which, you know, is a good thing. In fact, I'm finding it's got more rewatch value than I thought it would. I found the the Easter references weren't too bad because there was one; it was subtle and it was over, you know, before the credits had even rolled. Also, I do think it's hard sometimes to avoid the seasonal references when they're Earth-based because they're always sort of in our time of the year, if a year ahead. I did also manage to catch a high-def version of the episode, and it did look really crisp and clear, but I also get the sneaking suspicion that some of those are going to be on the BBC HD preview reel for some time following. 
Um, but I found the like the, the use of the Dubai Desert really, really worked well because um, it looked it didn't look like it was something that was you know just shot in a 20 mile radius of Cardiff. You know, if they just wanted any old bit of sound, they could have gone down Port Call, but it would have looked. Yeah, it like wasn't shot in a quarry. It was um, <laughs> actually in a real desert. Like a local beach, whereas it looks definitely alien. Um, talking of aliens, I wasn't entirely convinced by the look of the Tritovors. Um, I did find that you know they felt felt like real characters. You know they looked like rubber heads, but they felt like you know real shipmates, which was quite cool. I also liked the idea of the one-way translation device. I like that it showcased the fact that the Doctor himself can actually speak any known language without necessarily having to rely on the TARDIS. I mean, yeah, he could have relied on their translator, but, I mean, he can probably speak better than it can. But it's short, because I've got a feeling that my audio is probably not, um, not great. But, you know, it sounds like it really was, you know, a final light-hearted episode for the Tenth Doctor before going into the whole regeneration arc. But I'm looking forward to the kind of the more dark and serious and continuous story arc coming up. You know, I like the one-offs, but I do miss there being a, you know, a proper series. I'd probably give it about, a, you know, three and a half out of five. But it does have, it does have that rewatch value, which helps. So, um, yeah. All right, Tiggs. Well, um, I don't. I don't mean to cut you short, but <laughs> this um, it, it's hurting some people's ears. Uh, the, um, it's not your fault. It's just um, it just seems to be some something with the connection there. Yeah, that's okay. You'll enjoy it when you listen back to the show. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because I have my headphones in. Okay, bye. All right, cheers. All right. Well, that was interesting. I mean, um, I'm sorry if it interfered with um, what Tiggs had to say there, but it was um, never had that before happen on talk shows. So, next up is Tim. Hello, Tim. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. I should say. Oh, hi, Lewis. Uh You do realize that was just a great big conspiracy to give you more editing work. Oh. Make for the spot all the. Yeah, I'm just gonna ed- keep that in there. That that added flavor. <laughs> Where to start? Where to start? Um, desert was spectacular. Um, I'm amazed no one else isn't, seems, to, seems to have noticed this, but when they went through the wormhole, uh, they show up on an alien planet, and you think, oh, the music's going to go kind of hint that they're some, somewhere otherworldly in an alien planet. And my first thought when I heard that uh, last Saturday was, hmm. Yeah, the music's a massive hint to what we, most of the viewing public know, and that's that they filmed this out in Dubai, because it went all kind of Arabic on me, or, I don't know, hard to put the word, put, put into words. Went, certainly went all ethnic. I noticed somebody in chat tonight uh, has put up uh, the words, uh, that there's some kind of Berlin Wall between Russell T. Davis's version of the show and um, Moffitt's, and I think that would be a huge shame if that's true, because I love Malcolm, and I want to see more of him. And as soon as I saw Malcolm, I thought, I'd welcome Malcolm to show up, like, once a season, or even just once at Christmas or something like that. It would be nice to just have some continuity with Unit, because every time we see Unit, it always seems to be a whole new cast of characters and and actors. Mm -hmm. Whereas we're so used to, traditionally, with UNIT, we got familiar with who was there. You know, you had Benton, you had um, 
um, obviously the brigadier and, and everyone else that um, a, a, a small core of people that you got to see week after week. And um, now every time we're introduced to unit, we're introduced to we have to get familiar to all with all new faces. Uh, as for the tritivals, I was mostly pleased with them, although I, I, I as, as someone who's not a big fan of flies and bees and things, I, fa I found them a bit icky and I think I found them worse as soon as their mouths started moving and they started uh, talking. Uh, I, I thought it was a bit of a shame the way they, they were somewhat dispensed with. The, 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 their ship seemed to exist as a gigantic plot device for the Doctor to do a sort of A-team and find spare parts. Yeah, they, to make there was the no resolution miles. for them, were they? Did they, did they no, the, the get back? The resolution was they were killed. <laughs> they were killed? <laughs> the yeah. Yeah, all right. Well. Their, their, their ship was invaded by one of the, the swarm. Uh, yeah. The Doctor and Christina got away, and, and I, I, I seem to remember the ship got destroyed behind them, and... Or right, got okay. got by the swarm or something. Um, uh, so where are we? Malcolm, music. Um, <laughs> wish I hadn't had to wait so long. I've got to try and think of something now. Um, I like the nice touch about um, the TARDIS being sort of parked in Buckingham Palace Gardens, but one can't help but think that line should have ha should have had more relevance to um, the next Doctor. Whereas it, it just seemed thrown in there as if he parked it there because he knew it would be out of the way. And, oh, she doesn't mind, he says, referring to the Queen. But, um, mm -hmm. uh, ooh, let me think. Um, yeah, yeah, P, this swarm of aliens had no name beyond simply being the swarm. Upon seeing well, the I guess... No the one had a, um, sort of any fish. information on them. Mm. They were fish-like, and I thought, oh, oh, they'll probably have some kind of name as soon as the show is, and they weren't really referred to beyond that. Um, Wait until character options come out with a toy, they'll come up with mm. a name. <laughs> oh, when I was um, chatting with people in um, Second Life about the episode, um, one of the bones of contention uh, they had was... Um, the Tritivores show up, and uh, where have they been to for the costume? Hmm, same place as the Ood, <laughs> was their opinion, which, which isn't quite fair, but it, it was a bit, um, was a bit his and overall. Uh, well, well, the budget stretches to putting putting hands on the actors and putting masks on the actors. Exactly. Um, yeah, they, they all shop at the same place. Even the the the, um, the weevils in Torchwood, they're all wearing jumpsuits. Hmm. <laughs> um, it's a pity Christina's this one-off companion because I, I thought she was the best one-off companion yet and I was watching them and I thought what a team because they just gelled pretty quickly there was, there was sort of nice gags between them there was a nice sort of toing and froing of how much the doctor wanted to say about himself and how much she wanted to say about herself um Nice line. I wish I could remember the exact line. I'm, I'm sure Dave AC could remember the exact line, but the um, the line where the doctor says something like, the worse it gets, the more I enjoy it. And the moment he said that, I thought, that that's, that sort of sums up do the doctor very well. And I thought it's a, it's a line you could apply to any of the other doctors. Sadly, 
none of them would have said it during the classic series because the show just wasn't written that way. But, um... Um... Oh, um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the psychic character. Um, some people have... Um, and, I, and I kind of have to agree with them that it, it, it was just sort of a little bit sort of convenient. convenient. Yeah, convenient. That's a very good word. I use that a lot when yes. I'm analysing drama. I say... I say um, that's what I call convenient writing because uh, the, without her, uh, it would have taken the doctor to work out that the swarm were on the way, and he did do that a few minutes into the episode because he went for a walk and went up a hill, didn't he? Yeah. So, oh, well, yes, she so wasn't. She just said that death was coming. Something. She was again. All the psychics are very vague in their information. In their information, so it's just. Vegan you know. Sani in the chat has messaged me on Skype and said, don't forget to mention the bus. Uh, well, um, I rather like the flying bus myself. Um, didn't remind me of Harry Potter, but then it wasn't a triple-decker. Um, <laughs> Harry Potter had one as well? Yeah, it's, it's in one of the Harry Potter movies. There's this really crazy, somewhat tall bus because it's triple-deckers. Triple-decker. Um, as, as, as someone who goes around that DoctorWhoForum.com and looks at pictures of the filming, it, it, was, it was good to see so how minute amounts of the plot they did find out through stalking what was going on about. The only thing that was vaguely revealed by them taking a lot of photographs was, hey, there's this skeleton on the road. And I thought, oh, is that some kind of alien? No, it's a, it's a hapless bus driver. Yeah, he was awfully anxious to get back. You know, he's I didn't a, really he's strike a, him. He's a somewhat corrupt bus driver. He was very easy to corrupt, wasn't he? She shows up with two, <laughs> two, two earrings that are apparently diamond, and and suddenly it's works for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he's not pulling in a lot of money driving a bus, so um, you know, there's no honor among bus drivers. People in chat are now mentioning Iris Wildfire of um the big Finnish plays who apparently has a, a TARDIS that's shaped like a bus, which I've yet to hear any Irish wild times. And I, I'm, I'm tempted to go down the route of the, the big Finnish offer of um, allowing you to download one episode, listen to it, and then if you like it, sort of download the rest. Um, some, some, some other people tonight, before they've disappeared, have sort of plugged stuff, so... You'd have read my tweets about this a um, few days ago, but I went on a, a pub crawl in the London area of um, filming yeah. locations for the classic mm -hmm. series, and uh, a friend of mine who organised it uh, had come up with this plan of following the route of the war machine, sort of starting at um, Covent Garden and then ending... Well, not at... at actually, more or less, at, yeah, we, we did end at the post office tower. Yeah, we mm -hmm. sort of ended there, and then we sort of went to somewhere near there. And uh, compiled the whole thing into a 35-odd-minute uh, podcast, which you can download at that link, which I'll read out for those listening later. It's tto.mypodcast.com. And I don't know how... TTO to stands for Tim's Take On. Yes. And um, I don't know how much of this to give away, because one of our number... Uh, it turned uh, out in uh, pub conversation during the evening, has met a certain Mr. Matt Smith. Not only met him, but sort of 
bumped into him by chance in a pub in Camden and drank with him for a couple of hours. So, so, if you want to hear his story, his name is Alex. <laughs> He's not likely to meet Matt Smith again, but if you want to know what went on, download the podcast. I can't get a much better plug than that. <laughs> TTO.mypodcast.com. I don't want to give it away, because it's only a short bit of the show. All right, well, very good. But, um... What, did you give your TARDIS Groans rating on, um, um, on Planet of the Dead? Well, have have thing now, like a lot of people in the room, seen it several times because I, I watched it standard death on the night, and then um, through 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 means <laughs> acquired it in HD, and because my laptop doesn't have a particularly good graphics system on it, I had to watch it on my other computer on a 19-inch computer monitor in HD. But it didn't mean I was checking out Murray Gold's music on my headphones rather than on my computer speakers, and that was quite good. And then when I was checking out the commentary, I thought, uh, I'll blow it, I'll hook up the laptop and try it, try its best to watch the HD from the laptop on my 32-inch telly. And it sort of, the odd second here and the odd second there rendered right, but I was mostly listening to the commentary. Um, so, um, so how many TARDIS groans would you give it? I'd, I'd definitely give it four, I'd, but um, I'd have to agree. Was it Darth earlier that said um, it, it didn't have as much? I couldn't couldn't now remember now whether he had he said it had more or less rewatch value than the no, next. No, Darth doctor. Darth Skeptical said it had very much uh, high rewatch value to it. So I um, think he was rewatching it immediately. I mean, personally, and you watched I, it several times yourself. I think personally, I think the next Doctor might rewatch more times, but then I don't know. The, 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 these things are very hard to judge when they're still sort of warm, aren't they? Because n- none of these things are very old yet. When, mm. when we're deep, deeply ensconced in the Matt Smith era and we start getting nostalgic for Tennant, then we can really um, judge these See things. how they stand up through the test of time, as they say. But, um, all I can say about the specials is um, I'm really looking forward to the next one, having seen the trailer. I'm... Very, yeah, very, very much looking forward to how the whole thing concludes from what I've seen on DoctorWhoForum.com, giving nothing away. I'll just say the thing, I'll just say these words, certain people return. And um, I just hope that they're... Returning characters to Doctor Who? and yeah. <laughs> No! Oh, okay. oh, yes, Russell T. Davis and returning characters, <laughs> that never happens. Um, <laughs> and I just hope they show us the inside of the TARDIS at least once more, now they're doing HD episodes, whatever they think of the state of the set. Because, uh, um, although I'm not a particular fan, I'm not remotely a fan of the, the TARDIS interior since the show came back. I don't know what Moffat's going to do to it. I don't know whether it's going to be any kind of radical change, or whether it's just going to be a sort of slight, yeah, we'll have slight to wait reinvention around what they've already got. I mean, I, personally, I, 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 I miss the old white walls and the big roundels, but I, I, we're never going to go back to that, sadly. But it would be nice to have a console like the old-style console and not not have this um, concept of TARDISes um, growing out of bits of coral was never really up my street. Anyway, so um, I'll let mm-hmm. others give their opinion. <laughs> I think I made sense in the end. 
Yes. Well, thank you again, Tim, as always. And um, I, as always, I'll be following you on Twitter. So um, it's always good to um, hear what you have to say. Yeah. Thanks very much, Lou. All right. Well, thank you again, Tim. I um, we got plenty of people in the queue, and we're already um, <laughs> we're pushing two hours here. So we're going to try to get as many more callers as we can in. So well, I'm going to uh, love you again. and leave you and start watching TV. So I'll catch the rest of the show when it uh, heads up on a feed somewhere. All right. Cheers. Next up is Chip. Are you there, Chip? I am here. How are you doing, Louis? Good. Welcome back to the show. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, can I get my plug out of the way? You certainly can. Uh, I have a new t- podcast going on, TwoMinuteTimeLord.com. I try to do uh, real bite-sized commentary, kind of inspired by the Sonic News driver, I guess. Try right. It's a two-minute Time Lord? Yeah, two-minute Time Lord. Uh, two, two and minutes and the, web, the web two address min- for that? TwoMinuteTimeLord.com. That's T-W-O. Fantastic. I agree with a lot of the stuff that I've heard today. Um, I, I'd recommend if uh, folks listening haven't read it yet, uh, Tom Dickinson uh, over at the Behind the Sofa uh, blog. Uh, I really liked what he had to say about this one. Um, uh, he basically said, yes, it is a romp, and yes, we've been overusing that word uh, to death, but uh, darn it, it is what it is, and let's appreciate it for that. So that's pretty much where I come down on uh, this episode. Um, it, was, it wasn't as substantial as I would like all of my Doctor Who episodes to be, but I don't think, the, I don't know if anybody else who uh, was really into Heroes and then sort of drifted away from that show, I think if every episode that you see is just relentlessly part of the arc over and over and over again, if they don't hit it exactly right, um, you're going to lose people. And I think a good bit of insurance on that is to just have, have, have a romp episode every, one, every once in a while, one that is like uh, what they used to call in the X-Files, you know, a Monster of the Week episode. And that's, that's what this was. And as that goes, I thought it was okay. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I give it three and a half TARDIS groans, I guess. One thing that bugged me about the Trotivores, that when, when, the, uh, when, when the swarm uh, sort of breaks into the ship, and one of the uh, tritivores gets swallowed up, I said to myself, there's no way the other one's going to get out of this one because they'll have trouble explaining, they'll have trouble what, figuring out what to do with it if it makes it back on the bus. And sure enough, uh, in the Doctor Who Confidential, Russell P. Davies says, well, we would have had too much trouble figuring out what to do with him, so he had to die. And that kind of storytelling just drives me crazy. Um, if you know, if, if 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 you can see the hand of the author right there, so much, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he 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 just had to go. I'm also a little tired of applause scenes. Um, You're a little tired of what? I'm sorry. Applause scenes. Her, everybody, everybody clapping for the doctor, or clapping for Christina, mm-hmm. clapping in the. In, once, once was once was good. Once, once made a point. It was a, it was a good scene with Jackson Lake. Twice, that's enough. I'm, I'm pretty sure we won't see any more of that. And I'm, 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 I'm cool with that. Uh, let me see. Um, I think I think it was Darth way back at the beginning who said something about you know everybody's waiting for Matt Smith, uh, and I think that a lot of the people who've been really dissatisfied with this episode, I think uh, you know. 
they're ready to get past David Tennant. They they're ready for the big something new. Uh, and I think the I think the timing will be just about right when the when the show turns over. Uh, one I've read somewhere that uh, somebody was complaining that they didn't think that David Tennant was giving it all in his performance in this one, like he was work, working his notice. I think was the phrase that that, that was used. Uh, I I would kind of disagree with that. I'm sure that uh, David Tennant's a little fatigued from four years of Doctor Who. But he's also playing a, a character that's really worn down at this point. He's, you know, the the end of the stuff that happened in Journey's End, especially uh, wiping Donna's memory. You know, he's he's done. He, he just wants to he just wants to be by himself, himself. And I think we're seeing that in David Tennant's performance right now. The different side of the Doctor than than we've seen in the last uh, four years. So I'm interested in seeing where this goes. Yeah, I, I didn't find any problems with David Tennant's acting or his performance in this role at all. I mean, I know he had mentioned, I think, um, in interviews that he had uh, he had to find the Doctor's voice again after doing, um, you know, he was he was doing um, obviously stage performances, and so he he just had to find that 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 voice again um, for the Doctor. But I I think he fell right back into it. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and- and the last last point I want to make, uh, I want to sort of uh, give a plug to something that uh, Benjamin Elliott's uh, working on, um, uh, the scheduling thing. The fact that, you know, North Americans really can't possibly have seen uh, Planet of the Dead yet, can they, Lewis? I mean, there must, there must be some kind of weird time warp stuff going on, huh? Well, it hasn't been transmitted on uh, North American television, to my knowledge. So um, they would have to um, see. They'd have to catch um, the red eye, right? They would catch a flight there to the UK yeah, to yeah, watch it yeah. live. Well, sure. uh, my, now the Sci-Fi Channel, CBC, Space, all the international broadcasters. Doctor Who is going to be nowhere near as important to them as uh, they are to Doctor Who in terms of getting it out to the to people outside the UK. I'd love to see a solution to this, though, the fact that um, this is a global Internet. You guys were talking about this on the last uh, studio, Podshock, but um, uh, there's no technological reason why Doctor Who fans all over the world can't get, can't have, can't have already seen the next Doctor in Planet of the Dead. Um, yeah, I mean, really, it should be on iTunes, but um, unfortunately, it, it seems to be connected with BBC America, and until they show it, that's when uh, it appears on iTunes here in the U.S. Yeah, uh, remember back in season one, um, we were about to get the season one box set, and then it got delayed for about uh, four months because sci-fi yeah. BBC finally cut a deal. Yeah, Canada, I believe, got it first. Yeah. Benjamin, I, I, if you're if you're still listening, um, I hope this I hope you're going to start uh, organizing a, organizing a mob or something. But um, I would love to see the BBC, Sci-Fi Channel, other other guys uh, come come to terms and find a way so that uh, if there's a if there's a Christmas special or an Easter special that people around the world can actually watch it uh, like Christmas or Easter. I think that's I, it's really important for Doctor well, they're Who doing fandom. it with Torchwood. Children on Earth, you know, and the BBC America are, you know, they're showing it almost um, at the same time. So, I think my theory about that is that BBC America is a smaller network, 
um, and and Sci-Fi Channel passed on Torchwood. So because it's a smaller network, BBC America is willing to give uh, the give the show its due. I don't think it's nearly the same kind of priority for Sci-Fi. Anyway, um, uh, Benjamin uh, mentioned that he's got something going out on his uh, uh, Yahoo group for uh, the Doctor Who uh, viewing guide. Uh, talking about this, and I'm really looking forward to reading that, and um, uh, I hope to help participate in that conversation. Well, I mean, unfortunately, those that I mean that are listening right now to this podcast probably have seen this episode, so uh, uh, it does. Think? Doing a call out for those that haven't seen this to contact Sci-Fi Channel or BBC America probably is not going to do any good because you probably not listen to this podcast right now so uh those are the the ones that we need to reach and have them contact um you know these networks and let them know that there's an audience yeah uh but to wrap up uh i'd say three and a half tardis groans uh it, it was fun uh i'm ready for more and uh look it's going to be a long wait but i can deal with it all right well thank you so much chip and once again i'm gonna try to get more people on so uh, but thanks for your input thanks a lot lewis hope i didn't go on too long no 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 it's all right i did we are you know closing in on two hours here this is supposed to be an hour show so you know at the two hour marker we are going to come to a close so we're going to try to get as many uh callers in as possible if we can't get you in uh we do apologize and hopefully um you can send us feedback for our studio shows and we'll have you on there but we, we will need to um to bring this um, live show to an end soon. So, next up is Russell. Hello, Russell. Welcome back to the show. Hello, Lewis and Ken. Still there? I think Ken probably had to scoot off. Uh, he was calling from work, so he probably couldn't have um, you know have a chance to say goodbye. He just had to leave. Ah, I understand. My time with him is always lousy with these shows. Anyway, um, before I get into my thoughts, I'm a quick plug for my show. Uh, which was inspired by doing segments in your show, Lewis. I always owe a bit of my show to you, you guys. Well, thank you. It's uh, Ramble with Russell, right? Yeah, and I'm going on three years in May, so I'm plugging away as long as you guys have been doing it. Congratulations, yeah. Thank you. It takes a lot of work, as you well know. And this week coming up will be something for all sci-fi fans, a little Star Wars and Stargate. I'll be talking about the latest audiobook from the Star Wars universe, Play the Jedi Outcast and give my opinion of Stargate and Stargate SG One, the Ark of Truth. So, yeah, Russell, you're coming in very choppy. I just have to let you know that your um, it sounds like your broadband is being taxied. Oh, okay. Well, I've tried to restrict things, but my broadband has been what it used to be. Not from the same location I used to be. (laughs) I'm sorry, Nat just said in our chat room that you sound like Sill. Oh, that's great. Well, gotta love the internet for you. <laughs> I endeavor to maintain a certain continuity. I'm, I'm that's a good one, Matt. the resources where I live right now, but hopefully I'll be moving soon and that won't be the case. Such is life. <laughs> so, did Russell, make- what did you think of Planet of the Dead? I thought it was great. Um, great Easter special. Uh, I I, I, too, did pick up on the musical cues. You did have a little bit, I thought, Lawrence Arabia, as soon as you saw the desert. That's what I first associated with, so that was kind of nice. 
Uh, I thought the, the, the companion-wise, she was great. And it's like everybody else. Like, the shame they didn't, she's not going to want to continue with the series. I could easily see moving it. Uh, she would make a great companion, so it's a shame for only one shot. Funny, though, when she did the line of, ooh, there's dead people in my hair, I thought of Perry. I thought of Perry from from Peter <laughs> David's there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that, that <laughs> these uh, everyone's in, is asking you to um to to laugh like Syl. <laughs> okay, that's okay we that's cut that out of the way. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but the key has broken out. The servants have gone mad. And good vips, I say. All they do is eat you out of house and home. But yeah, uh, just a little touch of Perry there because I could so see Perry. Putting that line out, it was dead people in my hair. So I don't think Liberty did a shout out, but I thought that was funny. <laughs> the flying bus was something unexpected. I didn't really come into this knowing a lot about the special. And I really didn't think it was going to fly, fly like Harry Potter fly, but that was all right. I would have been happy with a little bit of a hoover and then turn around and get out that way. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's Doctor Who. We want a big. Big time flying bus. I thought Malcolm was hilarious. Um, I, I I agree. I'd love to see him brought back if they do more unit stories. Nice little comic relief. A little bit over the top, some instances, but that's Russell T. Davies. He wants to do that. Um, and there were some parts of CGI that looked a little rough, like when the creature was coming up through the shaft there. I don't know. I mean, I'm being too picky with my CGI. Overall, I liked it. If this is the last of the good humor episodes before we get all serious and, you know, end of generation, dark, scary stuff, it looks like Water Mars is going to be great. Uh, if we're going for a sci-fi romp, terrific. And I'm glad, you know, they went for a, an action thing. I'm not really in a hurry to see Matt Smith because I barely know him. I'm like one of main North Americans to go, who is he? Sorry. And and I've been happy with, with uh, David Tennant. So I'm just curious to see how they're going to do the transition and is it going to be a darker show with Moffat? As people are thinking it's going to be a darker show. You know, how much how dark can they show if they still want to appeal to kids and not make a torch with so, overall, I, I'd easily give it uh, a four out of five. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm, I'm expecting that the last one should, I mean, he's going to go for Gusto in, in the last episode. Yeah, they're saving something. He, he has, uh, Russell has something planned that he's been saving for this occasion. Yeah, I'm sure so there's like one story he's always wanted to, or one way he's always wanted to close it out, and that's why he's saving the last one for one. So whatever it's going to be, it's, yeah, it's going to be epic. It's going to be something, you know, that he's hopefully going to blow us away with. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you invest four years into a show, four and a half, you don't want to end on a whimper. I can't seem wanting to do that. This is going to be a long way for us all. That's the only thing. Well, it will be here before you know it. And um, and then we'll have um, Stephen Moffat and, and Matt Smith uh, next year. So. Well, hopefully by the time the next special comes around, I will be moved out of my present locale, have a much better internet connection, and not sound like Merman from Masters of the Universe. 
<laughs> or sell. Or sell. All right, Russell, way. thank you so much. And uh, thank you for obliging with the laugh because um, everyone was calling out for it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I've, I've been watching a lot of E-Man for reviewing it from my show. So that's why that character stuck in my head. Go figure. Well, I was just uh, watching uh, part one of Vengeance on Rara. So it was very, um, pre- very re- relevant for me. So... Anyway, no Russell, we, we got a, a minute left to get um, as many calls in as we can, so... Cheers. Okay, well, thanks for getting to me, and um, thanks for talking to you all in Pot Chalk Land. Like, thanks for making okay, sense take home. care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Omar, hello. hello? Are you there? Hi. Hey. Welcome to Dr. Pot Chalk. Thanks, it's my first time on. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Hey, I'm Omar, I'm in Wisconsin. New viewer, only been around since about 06, so don't expect anything too insightful or anything. But anyways, I really liked this episode. It was funny and stuff. Didn't expect it to be too scientific, you know. And um, it was fun. The best part, I think, was like with the hair, like Russell mentioned earlier, you know. Well, how would you rate this story? I might say your four TARDIS rounds. It was really funny and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's, so you had a great time watching it. Yeah, it was really fun. I watched it late the night it was on a red-eye flight. Ah, okay. Yeah. I think um, Lily Evans was amazing as Malcolm. Yeah, everyone um, has... Um had a positive reaction to it. So I, I think that's where these rumors are coming from, you know, as far as a spinoff goes. Well, we have K9, we have um, Sarah Jane, and <laughs> we will, I, I'd be very surprised if we get a Malcolm spinoff. Um, yeah, and you know, I just think it's cut off the spinoffs. We, we already have Torchwood and Sarah Jane and now K9. I think anything else would just be too much. Yeah. All right, Omar, I'm going to try to get one or two other people in. It's uh, past the two-hour marker, so I don't mean to rush you along. But thank you for calling. Okay, cool. Cheers. All right. Jaffo88 fan, hello. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I don't know if this thing is working. Um, Well, to repeat what everybody else is saying, I liked uh, Lee Evans as Malcolm. I liked a lot of the writing. I like I I actually like Michelle, but there were a couple things that really got me that maybe other people didn't get. First was the uh in when she's stealing that that gold cup. They don't have it in a display case or anything. You would think if it's that valuable they would have it locked up a little bit better. Then the other two was uh, one was a throwback to Voyage of the Damned when they had the bottomless pit inside the spaceship. I don't know how many people mm-hmm. other noticed that. And she's going into this bottomless pit. And so that kind of got me on those two. Yeah, it, I guess it's it's dimensionally transcendental. I, 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 it was hard for me to believe that this had such a long chasm to fall down to and the ship didn't seem that big. Right, right. Unless most of it was buried in the sand. And the, the last thing was the bus running out of gas. Um, normally, if you spend that much time cranking it, you kill the battery long before you run out of gas. Unless you're right at an empty tank, and buses have such large tanks, they're not going to be out on the route with a an empty tank. 
Well, we'll have to assume there was a leak in the tank that it yeah, maybe when spilled it hit, into the sand. When it la- yeah, when it landed in the sand, it busted the tank. Um, other than that, I would have to I would say I'd have to give it about a three and a half out of five. Uh, those those mm-hmm. things were just kind of mm-hmm. kind of got to me, and I know we're running short on time, so I'll go ahead and and move yeah, on. Yeah, we're out. well into overtime now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'll go ahead and move on out and let somebody else talk. Well, Thank you so much. We're just trying to get the, the last few calls in, and then we'll call it a show. And thanks, everyone, for hanging on to the show as long as you have. Um, all right. Well, thank you again, Jaffo. Next up is uh, Who Am I Zero One? Hello. Yes. Yeah, calling here. Ah, Who Am I? The mystery co- feedback caller, right? Yep. <laughs> I uh, recognize your voice right away. We yeah. may not know who you are, but we know who you are. <laughs> uh, I'd just like to say, um, team with the psychopathic and the isocar, we just didn't actually see whether it was psychopathic. We were just looking back, it just looks like a black hole. So I thought, you know, Dr. Kerr for an isocar. Um, also, I'd like to say, in the desert on the planet, any planet, if that's a time for like Stargate, the movie. Um, that's about it. Um, I'll give the episodes four charges grounds. Ah, okay. And to leave you a clue for your next callback show by Auto Diva. Um, All right, well, thank you so much. I, I, I won't say, I can't say who you are, but I can, but I thank you for participating and we'll look forward to your, your next feedback to um, okay. talk to you, Pachak. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. All right. Dave A.C. Cooper. Hi, Lewis. Um, yes. Uh, you could wrap it till the end, but it, 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 I'll be as quick as I can. Um, I'm not really a big fan of this. Um, I gave it uh, two out of five TARDIS groans on the site. I can probably put that up to uh, two and a half because it was in high definition. Uh, I watched it a second time with my son and enjoyed it more, but not I mean, I know you said you didn't on the second one, but I think I enjoyed it more on the second one because I thought, well, what the heck, just uh, just enjoy the show. But there's two. So you, plot- you probably went in with higher expectations. See, oh. I, I was <laughs> went in there with maybe lower expectations because I I knew about the bus and you know, so uh, <laughs> it it I felt it it didn't you know I didn't hate it I didn't love it but I didn't hate it. Yeah, you see, the, I mean, like a lot of people said, they liked the uh, the Malcolm character, and I did in a way, but I think he would have worked better if he'd have been the sort of comic relief on a more serious episode because it was, seemed to be all a light-hearted romp. Um, I didn't particularly like Michelle Ryan, but I think that was the way they'd asked her to play it. She had to play it a little bit smug and slightly arrogant, and of course, there's those little hints that whether she's going to be. Um, you know, a time lord in hiding or whatever. Um, uh, after watching the confidential and listening to the commentary, you realise just how much art and craft and thought goes into these things. The acting was excellent, as always. There was a lot to admire. I don't know why they made the bother of going all the way there, because in the desert shots, the long shots, it still looked matted with the with the far distant shots. So I don't really think they had to go there. Um and um, and of course, it was absolutely to me far too convenient. The skills and the the backpack it reminded me of the old text-based adventures that you used to be able to play. You know, um, 
uh, there's a shovel at the side of the room. Oh, pick the shovel up. Uh, there's a goblet on the table. Oh, we'll pick that up and put it in our... We might need that to solve the puzzle later in the adventure. So that was all too trite for me. And the, the morals were a bit dubious. And very quickly again, uh, the trite of war, uh, they were just dispatched. They were just there uh, to get them out of the plot hole, really. And of course, as everybody said, uh, well, a few people said, they had the TARDIS. They could have just pushed it through. Or, um, or some other way of getting them through. But, of course, then we wouldn't have had the adventure. So I'm looking forward. I love the Water, water of Mars clip at the end, uh, and I'm looking forward to the, the three last ones. I haven't had enough of David Tennant. He could carry on playing the Doctor for me for, you know, a few more years. But um, let's hope they give him a really good uh, send-off if we assume that these next three stories are somewhat linked so with that, um, mm-hmm. I know you want to bring it to a close. Um, and uh, if you don't want to play that last clip, that's fine. We'll play it on CIA. We'll see how you go. Well, I'll probably include it in the post-production of this episode. We're probably going to have to break this into two parts now when this goes on to our regular feed because it's it's already over two hours. So, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. But <you laughs> well, thank you, Dave, for all the work that you did. coffee, I realize that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks again, Dave. We're going to get yeah. to our last call, and then we're going to wrap things up here. And then you guys are going to start CIA. Exactly. CIA is, uh, what's the, the call ID three number zero for those that... 30659. 30659. Ian's there already. Okay. All right. Well, cheers, Dave, and um, sorry for delaying CIA if we did that. Nope. Fine. All right. Take care, Dave. Bye. All right. Uh, last but not least, our resident alien... Hello, Resident Alien. Hello, uh, Mark here. Hi, Mark. Hi. Um, Welcome to the show. Uh, fantastic to be on the show. I'm a bit, bit nervous, really, having sat here and uh, listened to everyone else. I haven't really got a lot to say. Just uh, thought I'd uh, sort of participate for the first time. Um, I think the one thing I felt about it, my overriding, overriding feeling, was that I felt a real sense of deja vu all the way through it. I, I felt that... Each little bit, I kept getting reminded of the fact Russell T. Davis is is there, and it just made me wonder whether, you know, no one's mentioned that Gareth Roberts was uh, was involved in that as well. Um, but but I mean, what would it have been like if it was just Russell? I, I mean, uh, as, as I was going through it, I mean, I mean, the bus and inside the bus reminded me a lot of uh, Midnight. Um, when we got the uh, Tritovals, I, I kept thinking of those uh, fish people. Um, Mm-hmm. Back in the doctor's daughter, um, yes. I thought the inside of the ship when we uh, when we got to try to wash it looked a bit like the inside of the ship on Human Nature, and it had that sort of feel there. The kiss at the end, you were kind of expecting that, you know, because of Rose and Martha and uh, Kylie and everything. And I, I did sort of find myself thinking at the end, like, you know, you know, nine hundred years or so plus of being a Time Lord, but then you know, the last three or four years for him seemed to be particularly you know, traumatic, you know, so now oh, I can't take another companion on and all the rest of it. And I, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I mean, after 900 years or so, you've had quite a lot of ups and downs, haven't you? I mean, what is it just yeah. about these last three or four years that are so uh, especially traumatic, you know? But uh, having said a lot, it was a full TARDIS, TARDIS ground one for me. I thought it looked fantastic. I thought it was lots of fun. I laughed quite a lot. And it felt, it, you know, kind of... Uh, Provided me with a six, not one of the great episodes, but certainly not a dud either. I think that was my view. Mm-hmm. And how many TARDIS groans would you give it? I'd four. Okay. Four's about right, I think. Well, thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate you. Um, and welcome to the show. I appreciate you. your your 
your uh, participation. That's going to round things out for this episode. So uh, I want to thank everyone that participated in this live show. Unfortunately, we did lose Ken. Ken was calling in from work, so I'm sure he had to get he got called away. The show went on much longer than we had planned. So uh, this episode will be broken up into uh, two parts for our our regular um, feed when it goes out on that. And uh, we'll be back with another live show, obviously, with the next special, Waters of Mars, which will finally put out the fires of Pompeii at long last. <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll do another live show before then, because that's a long gap there. It's, what, six months or so, or um, November-ish, and it's um, April-ish right now, so... So yeah, we, we may do another live show. Stay tuned to um, thegallifreyembassy.org or podchock.net. Both addresses will get you to our website. And um, by uh, visiting our website, you'll stay informed about future live shows. And our, of course, our regular podcast, Doctor Who Podchock Studio episodes, will be coming out um, on a regular basis. So thanks again for everyone for listening. We'll be back with more Doctor Who Podchock soon. So it is with that that we conclude this live show reviewing Doctor Who Planet of the Dead. Once again, thank you for everyone that participated in this live show. Also, in a couple of weeks on May 16th, we're having another virtual meetup. It's a way for all of us to participate in a virtual sense, coming together for a meeting on the net. And that's, this isn't going to be a, um, a podcast recording. This is going to actually be using Second Life. We've done this once before. Actually, it was, um, wow, it's uh, almost, well two, about two and a half years. Three uh, was November 2006. We did a Second Life beat-up. So way back then, we did one, and it was very successful. And so there's been a lot of calling for us to do another one. And so we're finally putting a date to that which is um, right now set for May 16th. It's a Saturday. Time will be announced, and also um, the details will all be announced on our website, thegallifreyembassy.org or pachock.net. So I hope to see you there. It's free. Second Life is free to to join. You just need some, you need, obviously, an internet connection. Broadband probably is what you're going to need to access it. And uh, once you log in, you'll have an avatar representing yourself if you haven't, used it already you can uh design your avatar to look any way you like and we'll have a um a, a, a gathering online so we'll hope to see you there until then we'll have more doctor who podchock episodes and make sure you visit our site for the latest information there's also t-shirts and other stuff that you can purchase to uh, help support this podcast and as always donations are accepted it's because of your support that we're able to do this show so take care everyone cheers you've been listening to talk to you podshock by the fan run gallifreyembassy.org and presented by outpost gallifrey at gallifrey1.com Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Pachak is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next time for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Pachak. You can email us at feedback at pachak.net. Opening theme by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This is Louis Trapani. You can follow me at Twitter 
facebook.com slash Lewis Trapani. You can follow Doctor Who Podshock at twitter.com slash Podshock. This Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible in part by donations from listeners like you. Doctor! You must be Malcolm. Oh! Oh! Oh, I love you! Oh! I love you. I, I love you. To your station, Dr. Taylor. I love you!